back in the fur shed. This is Trapping Today. I'm Jeremiah Wood. Thank you for listening in. Good to have you here. This podcast is brought to you by Cots Brothers Lures, K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S.com. Trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. Cots Bros has a full line of trapping supplies, an excellent selection of baits and lures. Check them out, CotsBros.com, and get what you need to get started on the trap line. We're also brought to you by OnX Maps. Use your phone as a GPS on the trap line. Mark trap locations, get landowner information, scout using the latest aerial imagery. Do all kinds of things with this app on your phone. OnXMaps.com. Use the code TRAP, T-R-A-P, at checkout to get 20% off your first purchase. And it's not just your phone. You can use the OnX app on your desktop or tablet. I've used it on all three, and it works awesome. And it looks like now they've got a functionality for 3D mapping on the Android phone. So that's cool. Birch River Beaver Lure is in stock and ready to go at the Trapping Today store. TrappingTodayStore.com It's a high quality producing beaver lure. Just time for spring beaver trapping. Um, Appeals to both the territorial and food instincts of beaver. So uh, get that and uh, maybe catch a few beavers this spring. Take advantage of the nice weather. And finally, my new book, More Than Wolverine, an Alaska Wilderness Trap Line, available for purchase on Amazon.com or signed copies at TrappingTodayStore.com. It's about 160 pages documenting my wilderness trap line journey in Alaska, the interior in 2020. And I think you guys will enjoy it. If you haven't read it, I really appreciate you picking that up. Helps support me and the podcast and everything else. And thank you for the folks who have left Amazon reviews, got a bunch of uh, reviews and ratings. That was great. And that really does help to uh, let people help more people find out about the book. All right, we're going to get into it tonight. This episode is all about fur prices in the recent fur auction results from fur harvesters. Last episode, you may remember that we discussed my predictions based on a lot of what's been going on in the fur market in the last few years, as well as the last couple of months, and uh, in the global economy and supply and demand factors in the market and we had some indications from recent fur auctions in different states trappers association auctions to uh, give us a little bit of an idea of what was going on in the market but this is the big one the only international fur auction uh, left in north america the only major auction company that we trappers have the opportunity to supply fur to and this is the only auction that they hold for the year. It used to be several auctions a year, and, and uh, you know things just aren't what they used to be in the fur market. But uh, I have a couple of things here. I have the report from Fur Harvesters, the preliminary sale results. So this sale just ended uh, yesterday, March 28. I'm recording this on March 29, and uh, it started on March 24th. There, most of the items have been gone through and there are a few things that uh, have either not yet sold or they sold and Fur Harvesters just hasn't had the opportunity to uh, update the prices and the averages and so forth just yet. So uh, that information will be forthcoming. Now typically what I do when I have a major 
uh, fur price update is I'll I'll write something up on trappingtoday.com. I'll do a blog post on it. And then I'll go ahead and record a podcast. Then maybe after that, do a little YouTube something, something. Uh, but I'm doing it backwards today. I just thought I'd try this out. So um, I'm, I've not spent any time really formulating thoughts or writing things down as far as what, I, what I'm going to say, uh, which is probably going to be just fine because there really isn't all that much to get into since we've covered most of it already, uh, except for the prices, the results. <clears throat> so I think uh, in general, I had indicated i i felt that for the most part this was going to be fairly disappointing there there were some people who were were talking you know some encouraging words maybe about the market uh i i uh, i felt as though uh, there's just too many things working against the market with the exception of martin i did think that martin were going to do fairly well unfortunately you know most the majority of shoppers don't have martin in their area um and I, but I felt like pretty much every other item wasn't going to do well. I did, I did uh, indicate that I thought muskrats were going to sell well. Um, I'll, I was probably wrong on that, but we'll go, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll see exactly what's going on there. Uh, and I felt as though there was going to be a big disappointment with coyotes. And uh, uh, there was, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think uh, that was probably uh, mostly true. So I guess we'll just start by saying uh, just a reminder that this was an online auction so it was uh, people had the option to go in and inspect the furs physically for the first time since uh, COVID started Uh, however the auction was not held live in a room it was held uh, on the internet with people bidding kind of like eBay style with lots closing I think every 20 minutes or so something like that and uh so, so it was, you know, it was a little different than maybe a typical auction where you'd have the excitement going back and forth. However, uh, it was an auction where people could see the fur beforehand if they wanted to. Um, so, so they had buyers had a better opportunity to inspect goods and know what they were bidding on. So that was, it was as close as we've been to an actual real auction in a long time. So, let's get into the individual species and prices um, I will say that um, basically what what fur harvesters do, do, does is ahead of time they'll place a valuation on fur that they think is a minimum that it should get based on the what the market's been doing and what what the supply and demand is and the quality of different items so so every lot will have a general like an overall valuation and typically they will not, go below that valuation uh, they may go slightly below it and they may use their judgment depending on how the bidding seems to be going however if the uh, if the the bids are far below significantly below the fur harvesters determined valuation the fur does not sell and so a lot of a lot of the fur items uh, that you see either unsold or mainly unsold or um, a certain percentage sold. Uh, the stuff that didn't sell is sitting there because the bids did not meet the valuation. Now, sometimes fur harvesters will allow buyers to, uh, after the sale, to go in and purchase fur at the stated valuations. Uh, and that is an, an opportunity for people to maybe pick up uh, some items and they, they, 
they didn't want to bid. They didn't know what the, the values were. They weren't sure what the market was going to be. And then they're getting ready to, the, the auctions finished up and they didn't maybe get all the fur that they needed. Uh, and then they, they'll go ahead and try to purchase that. Uh, recently, in the last few years, it's gotten kind of seemingly out of control where uh, there was so little demand for fur that all the buyers just kind of refused to bid in the live auction and they waited for, for the private treaty sales after the auction and tried to, to lowball uh, the fur harvesters uh, afterwards. And uh, that, that just wasn't a good situation. So um, there, the auction company kind of exercises its judgment on whether to uh, do a private treaty sale or not. And so there's no guarantee that, that any of that stuff is going to be sold. And as a matter of fact, there was a lot of demand between the last auction and this auction to purchase items and fur harvesters held that fur back and said, no, you got to wait and purchase it at the auction. Um, we, we feel that, um, there's the, you know, there's more potential to get better prices at auction. And so that's probably one of the reasons that Martin, uh, did, did better than they did uh, last year. But anyway, we'll get into that. Let's start with beaver. So fur harvesters is probably the best place to market beaver in North America, probably the world really. They always seem to get uh, a good collection of beaver, high quality beaver, a lot of northern shippers that send uh, prime goods and they they attract a lot of buyers so it increases the value, uh, the prices for not only the northern beaver but all the rest of the beaver that are there from other parts of the fur producing areas. However, uh, there's not a lot of demand for beaver. We know this, and especially with uh, Russia and China out of the market and the Hatter market maybe being pretty uh, pretty well uh, stagnant lately, the North American demand is is relatively small. It's there, but it's relatively small. And so this was kind of all over the map. A lot of people thought that we were going to see uh, some big increases in beaver prices. Uh, I was not, I was pessimistic, um, but I still was thinking I'd see like for my beaver collection, I was thinking I'd see maybe thirteen or fourteen dollars. So what my plan going into this for auction was, I sent a number of beavers out to Moyle to get tanned, and I was doing that because I I just had no place for them to go. I had thirty going into trapping season. I had thirty beavers sitting there that I hadn't done with anything with from the the previous season and nobody no buyers wanted to pay much of anything for them especially the smaller and medium sizes and i could not afford to send them all to get tanned i i, I you know there's a market for tan beaver you can sell them and uh, you could do fairly good but you get a lot of expenses into getting them in tanned and uh, shipping two to three ways to the tannery back from the tannery and then to the buyer Tanning cost of about $30 a beaver and a lot of other th uh, things uh, and costs in months uh, before you can touch your money. So the beavers that I sent to fur harvesters, I considered kind of uh, a loss. I, I, could, I figured I, you know, I had no, I had no home for them. I took a chance. I thought, you know, what the heck, you never know. Might, might do okay on them, but I figured maybe $13 or $14. My collection of beavers averaged, 
let me pull this up, make sure I'm right. $10.82 uh, for 25 beavers. I had sent 27 total and 25 sold, $10.82. And there was a whole pile of different grades. Most of, most of my beavers were extra dark brown a lot of them were graded damaged and that was kind of interesting because I actually pulled out some damaged ones to send to get tanned and I, I kind of high graded I pulled out all the, anything small and medium I didn't send and anything uh, anything that was uh, most a lot of what was damaged I didn't send I tried to I tried to send some good stuff but it was so it was kind of uh, yeah it was kind of disappointing I don't know the grade I don't know if the grade was harder or if there was something with my beavers that the the graders just didn't like and I haven't sent consistently sent beaver here so I'm really not sure but um, that I potentially it could have been uh, a conibear mark or a snare mark and looking at all the beaver that that I have sent this and just so that you guys can get a little bit of insight on what you might want to do with your furs. I would say I, a lot of the stuff get in a tough market gets graded hard and it, or and or it gets lumped in with uh, with different other grades. And so it can go up a, a grade or down a grade depending on how uh, the grades are are lauded together. So it's something to consider if if it's a tough market, you know, maybe you should uh, take your look at your snare marked beaver that have a snare mark on the pelt or a conibear mark on the pelt and maybe send those to get tanned. Because what I've heard is that um, you, you can lose hair and that can mess things up during dressing. But so far, every single conibear and snare marked beaver that I've sent to moil, I've gotten back tanned and I have not notice a single difference and I have not noticed a single bit of hair missing in those areas and so um, I'm not I'm not really buying that necessarily uh, maybe it's uh, a certain percentage it could be a problem but it hasn't been for me so far and a lot of the really tiny holes or cuts uh, I've sent to moil and they almost never open up worse than they were and uh, some if you're going to sew fur or do a wall hanger you're it's not even going to be noticeable um, so, so that's something to consider is just maybe high grading, but uh, even then, you know, 1082 for Northern Maine beavers, even with a bunch of, uh, graded damage, that was pretty bad. Uh, a couple of the, the high ones, uh, the high, higher grades, uh, one X select semi Brown and one X, uh, red rim or red rump, extra dark Brown. Those were unsold. So they must not have, uh, met valuations. The highest grade, uh, for me, it was 3X, 2X, RR, extra dark brown, and that sold for $27. The next graded beaver I had uh, was uh, 3X, 2X, slight damage, extra dark brown. That was $20.50. And then it went all the way down to, um, you know, $4, $3.50 for medium, slight damage, extra dark brown. Um, that that's a, that's a beaver pelt that that should not sell for $3.50 in a normal market. So uh, very, very disappointing beaver. Let's look at what the overall averages were for beaver. Uh, the good thing with beaver is a good percentage of them sold. There were 53,000 beaver offered at this sale. 
and uh, they were split up. Sometimes the beaver are split up into just two or three grades. Uh, three seems to be very common, um, like eastern, western, and section three. But they were uh, one, two, three. They were in five different grades this time. There was eastern overall, eastern 3x to large, eastern large medium to extra small, western, and section three. So western section three sold at 100%. Those averaged eight dollars and. 47 cents to eleven dollars and eighty cents uh, the the smaller eastern beaver 94 percent of them sold for four dollars and 63 cents uh, eastern 3x to large those were the the good quality eastern beavers that were the biggest beavers they sold at 70 percent for an average of eighteen dollars and ten cents so you could have got that if you really only sent your best beavers and you're in a good area with top quality pelts and overall Easterns uh, averaged $12.56, uh, 70% of them sold. And beavers overall, all beavers in the sale, 83% sold at an average of $11.80. So uh, it's it's not apocalyptic, but it's it's really um, it's really no better than where we were and perhaps a little bit worse than than where we were in the previous uh, sale. Let me, I'm gonna have to pull up the previous auction here. That's part of my not being prepared. Let me pull that up and I'll see what they compared to for uh, the last sale. Okay, so it's not a great comparison. Last April, the beaver only sold at 55%. Um, and that was the first section Easterns and the third section were unsold. So the average was $14, but that was really the, the the much better pelts uh, that sold, so um, that was that was probably just as bad or worse than the current average. And then the July sale, only 23% of the first section Eastern sold at $11.86, and 20% of the third section sold at $4. So, yeah, we're we're pretty much at par. I think uh, the the biggest, the most important takeaway for the beaver portion of the auction is that they sold. The percentage sold is pretty important right now because we don't want a lot of backlog of goods in order to uh, to slow down prices from from recovering in the future. So uh, move just just moving fur is pretty important at the moment. Beaver caster uh, has not been announced yet. That's still uh, that usually sells after the most the, the rest of the fur has sold. And so we're probably going to see caster prices uh, show up here in a few days. And I suspect that we're going to have a significant uh, downward correction from last year's high caster prices. But uh, we'll see uh, where that ends up. Mink, 37% sold. So not a lot of mink sold. There were 6,000 offered. Uh, the average was $8.55. Good average, but they probably, I'm guessing they sold the better ones. Now Martin, Martin did well, and uh, they've got Martin split up into four different sections and then an overall average. But just quickly, the overall Martin average, 87% of the 27,000 Martin that were offered, sold. So that is good, good clearance, and uh, they averaged overall $35.92. So back when I averaged $7.40 for my northern maine martin uh, a couple years ago you know this is uh this is a bit of an improvement on that uh, my personal average 
Let's pull that up. My Martin graded really good for Northern Maine. Ours are generally we have we have pale, very pale Martin. Almost every one of them are are extra pale on mine. There's a few browns, and uh, only one was slightly damaged. Uh, and all my Martin were pretty much uh, large and medium. We just don't have a big Martin here. I averaged twenty-seven dollars and twenty-one cents. So that's pretty well on par with uh, the overall auction. The uh, the the section three Martin, those would be like the flat flatter Martin, uh, or or some I think damage are probably lumped into the section three. Average sixteen dollars sixty-eight cents. Um, the section one heavy Martin averaged forty-two dollars and ninety-four cents. Section one semi were thirty-nine, so they're pretty close with each other. Uh, I don't see any breakout as far as the sizes now and, and the colors. So uh, that would be something you could pull up in the auction catalogs when those are posted with prices, and you could see what the Alaska and Canadian Martin went for. Those are typically going to be double of what the main Martin go for. So if I averaged 27, they probably averaged 50 or $60 for those Martin, which would be pretty good for the market we're in. Um, I, it looks as though they... Uh, the differences in the averages from the heavies and the semis weren't that great, but more of the semis sold. So I'm guessing the heavy, high-quality Martin, a lot of those were held back. They were only 59% sold. Everything in the lower sections were sold at almost 100%. So that's good. That's good. That means Martin were moving. There were rumors that uh, because of the invasion of Ukraine, the Russian Martin... Uh, that they typically sell every year. Uh, the the last auction, apparently, uh, someone was posting on Trapper Man that those Martin are not able to leave the country. So the buyers will not see those Martin. And so the the auction previous to that was uh, the, the, the only Martin that those buyers were able to secure. And for the rest of the season, it's anticipated that there will be no Martin supplying the international market coming out of Russia. So uh, no doubt there were a lot of buyers that were looking to secure the Martin that they need for any of the orders that they have or the, the plans that they have for garment manufacturing uh, at this sale. So that was good. That uh, It's good to see a few bright spots because there's a lot of not so bright spots. Otter is one of them. Only 58% otter sold for an average of just under $20. I'd heard about advances an otter we've been like in a 15 to 30 dollar window with otter uh, there were several sales where there were 30 dollar otter but if i remember off the top of my head those those were some some very limited quantities of otter and there a lot of them were like the those western sales where they're they're more of a craft item um, or the small other smaller state auctions uh, fisher i was anticipating fisher we're not going to sell that great and there's a lot of demand for tanned Fisher pelts, so I sent all mine to get tanned, and I think I have more than half of those already pre-sold to people who've emailed me asking for them, so so that's good. I have a, I think I have a couple more that I, I will have available for sale here, and whenever Moyle sends them back, probably in another month. Um, but Fisher, almost all the Fisher sold, so they cleared out pretty good. They averaged $28.29. Moving on to links. Now, I cannot think of a 
better quality pelt that sells at a lower is selling at a lower price per square inch. Uh, it's Canada Lynx. There were 4,222 Lynx offered at this auction. Only 38% of them sold, and the average was $67. And that's pretty close to what they've sold the past few auctions. Uh, there was a couple of real terrible situations where they sold for like 30 bucks, but 60 to 70 bucks has been pretty standard. And uh, I, I don't. I mean, the links generally are in northern climates, and they 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 are a thick, really prime pelt. Some are better than others, depending on where you're at. But uh, boy, they're even the lower quality links should should do better than that for for what what you get out of them. But anyway, that's just the way the market is. Um, bobcats, the the lower end bobcats. There were nine thousand bobcats offered overall. The lower end sold almost completely. They sold between 91% and 100%. Uh, that was the Canadian, the Northern, the Central, and the Southern. Those are, are typically your, you know, your Central and Southern cats are going to be, they, they may have really nice spotted bellies and everything, but they, the fur is just not thick. It's not prime because the, they, they, those are from climates that, don't get super cold and and just don't have a really well furred pelt those average 62 to 67 dollars which which i think is pretty good for where we've been we've been 30 to 60 dollars for the last several years in those so that's pretty good really good clearance and i think good prices for those bobcats the northern bobcats sold 100 percent and 94 dollars the canadian bobcats sold at uh, 91%, $158. I think that's a really good price. That's uh, that's that's impressive. And Western Bobcats, only 20% of them sold. They averaged $321. Without looking at the catalog, I'm not sure if those are the better ones that sold or the the lower quality ones or just a, a mishmash of, of uh, a variety of, of different lots. Um, I, I I suspect it was just the the valuations that FHA had on certain lots and what the buyers wanted to pay just didn't match, uh, except for in 20% of the cases. So uh, that could be good, that could be bad. It it's uh, it's hard to say just yet, but uh, I'd say the clearance of the the other cats and other sections is very encouraging and it would indicate to me that uh, there is demand for bobcats relative to the supply right now muskrat they've been selling in the country for three to four dollars very consistently and i expected that they would sell for about the same here at this auction 117,000 offered and they were mainly unsold don't know what the deal is there um, i don't they, there must not have been the buyers uh that FHA was expecting. Uh, one of the things that that I had suggested, and I think other people had suggested as well, was, you know, if you get a good offer on muskrat, sell them, because there were some rumors that the the, the demand was pretty limited, and uh, if that if that demand was filled, the market might fall apart pretty quick. And so uh, maybe that's what we're seeing, maybe not. Red Fox, Northern Red Fox, 
uh, sold at 100%, they average $15. Western, $12.25, only 21% of them sold. Central, $5.19, and Eastern, $16. So um, a little bit of all over the board there for, for Fox. Uh, there were some better numbers for some Foxes. I suspect there were smaller orders that uh, sort of specialty markets needed. And uh, the overall market demand is still pretty small. Only 9,000 foxes offered at this auction. Uh, cross fox, gr uh, gray fox, cross cross fox are a pretty limited item. They they sold pretty well, $43. Gray fox, uh, only a quarter of them sold, and they were $11.23. Let's move on to coyotes. So coyotes are one of the big items of discussion in this year's fur market. Uh, the as we all know, Canada goose dropped out of the market. There was a lot of argument that there was lots of buyers still, and this trend has not gone away. And the coyote market is still strong. I beg to differ with that. I've been arguing that the coyote market is going to fall apart, in my opinion, uh, to put it bluntly. And it was just a matter of how uh, how long it was going to take for that to happen. It appears that we're in the process of that happening. Uh, however, fur harvesters had a lot of buyers. A lot of different registered buyers for coyotes. Uh, they felt that the demand was there, but not a lot of coyotes moved at this auction. The averages were good compared to what uh, I would expect they'd be if, if all the coyotes were sold. Um, we've been seeing in the country, even the western coyotes are going from $70 to $100 averages down to $20 to $30 averages in several different auctions. The Western Heavy Coyotes in this auction sold for $50 average, but only 28% of them sold. Uh, I suspect that if all of them had sold, we'd be seeing closer numbers to the country fur buyer uh, averages. Eastern Coyotes averaged $23.60. Again, pretty good. Uh, pretty good number for Eastern Coyotes considering the, the state of the market, but only 17% of them sold. I expect if all of them sold, we'd see a much lower number there. Central Coyotes averaged $17, only 15% of them sold. Same deal. So that's uh, that. That's what it's at with uh, with Coyotes. I think uh, we're going to see a decline. And uh, unless something changes to really increase the demand, I think even though there's a large number of buyers, the overall demand is still quite low. That was uh, 45000 605 coyotes offered at the sale. Uh, it's unfortunate because it's been a bright spot in the market. It's kind of helped hold up uh, the market for the last several years when everything else had kind of dropped. And it, it's helped a lot of trappers in those western states uh, kind of, you know, continue to manage their lines, their trap lines, and, and do predator control work and, and still pay the fuel bill and everything. Uh, but, but that's unfortunately... Uh, maybe changing. Let's move on to raccoons. There were 23,734 raccoons at this sale, so half the number of coons as there were coyotes, which is is pretty amazing because there, I mean, there used to be an unbelievable number of raccoons offered at these auctions, but obviously people, because of the low prices, uh, people have stopped producing those furs. So. Uh, the Eastern Heavy raccoons sold at 91%, and this was the Eastern Heavy and Canadian. I mean, we're I thought there were pretty good prices for for these 
uh, raccoons. The, the top quality raccoon pelts at this auction, I think, sold really well. Eastern Heavy, 91% sold, average $7.45. Canadian, 82% sold, $16 average. That's pretty awesome. Um, of course, those are not going to be any numbers anywhere near the quantities that, that are, you know, your Eastern and North Central raccoons. The Western Heavy raccoons average $15, but only a third of them sold. North Central averaged $8.40, only 18% sold. Eastern U.S., $3.89, only 5% sold. So there's a lot of raccoons that just didn't sell. And I think they maybe just uh, sold some that had really low value and uh, just, just to kind of move some fur there. But they probably held back some of those better Eastern raccoon lots because um, they, they just couldn't get the demand. And the rest of the items, uh, a lot of smaller specialty stuff like weasel, squirrel, skunk, badger, possum, wolverine, timber wolf, black bear. Those, uh, the, the averages have not been posted on those yet. I've heard that there was some pretty good bidding for those items. So that the, that is uh, pretty indicative of smaller quantity items, uh, uh, with the exception of possum. I don't think anybody really wants possum, but... Um, things like Wolverine, there aren't a lot of them there at the auction, and the people who need them, need them, and they're willing to pay for them. So there was some competition and some pretty competitive bidding, apparently, on those items. So uh, we'll see what the averages turn out to be there. But that is the Fur Harvesters auction for March 2022. That is where we're at in the fur market right now. I mean, uh, just uh, no no real surprises, I guess. Um, maybe uh, a little bit of encouragement with the marten in the market. Uh, beaver, otter, fisher, lynx uh, continue to be low. Muskrat, downward trend. Coyote, downward trend. Raccoon continue to be low. Maybe a few, a few bright spots in certain coon sections. Uh, red fox, a little bit of bright spot here and there. Muskrat on the downtrend. Um, yeah, just uh, it's the way it is. So anyway, don't trap for money. Trap for the enjoyment. Trap to manage wildlife. Trap to spend time with your family and kids and be in the outdoors. And uh, hopefully this market will show some recovery here in the future. Um, or or uh, get creative and try to find better ways to market your fur. But anyway, guys, I hope that that was informative and helped you make some decisions on your trap line in the future. Until next time, I think we're going to finish it up here. Keep on talking trapping, keep on thinking trapping. I don't know when I'll have another episode, um, but uh, just stay tuned and uh, keep an eye out here in the next few weeks, and uh, we'll, we'll be back with another episode. All right, take care, guys. Catch you next time.